Welcome back, Growth Solvers, to another episode of the Good Grow Great Podcast. I am so excited that you are here because, as you know, we are now way past halfway through the year. Maybe your kids have gone back to school or maybe they're doing online school. Maybe you're uh, you're back to work. Maybe it's a new normal to you, even though with some changes, right? And yet there's always kind of this constant. Somebody came up to me the other day and say, Talia, I feel like every day is the same. It's really weird. I feel like I keep just running through the motions. I think mostly also because everything now is happening in smaller quarters, even though you're still doing as much or maybe even more things than you used to. But having to do things in smaller quarters with your masks on and all of these things really kind of get you thinking, is there really a better way to do these things? Is there maybe even a small way that you can make masks? big changes. As you know, this is something that I'm deeply passionate about. This is something that I think can really create huge differences, especially if you are new business, if you are just starting to start something new on the side. Maybe you have a new project that you're trying to finish. How can you stay productive, motivated, and still feel that meaning and still get that meaning and be happy while doing it. So today, that's what we're going to dive into. We are going to be talking about all things productivity, systems, goals, lists. How do you create space in your home, at work, or wherever you go that will really just make things run on auto? It takes away your decision making. It just kind of takes away all of that, oh, what should I do today? What are we doing? You know, it just takes away all of that stuff. And so today, that is what we're going to dive into So some top takeaways today, Growth Solvers, is the first one is how to let the calendar do the heavy work and buy back time for you. How the hybrid online and offline productivity approach can kill your frustration. And then thirdly, how leaving town or the house or even just your room can finally get you your goals and plans done and done. So Growth Solvers, Let's dive right in. Don't forget to follow and subscribe and join me in supporting you to live a meaningful life that you deserve. Without further ado, I wanted to introduce you to Laura Leist. Laura is a CPO and founder of Eliminate Chaos, and she works with individuals and organizations to increase their productivity, profitability, and peace of mind with streamlined office systems through the use of technology. She has written over 15 books, and Laura is a past president of NAPO, National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Laura and her husband, Rob, share their home with Chaos, which is a Bernese mountain dog. And Laura jokes that he is the only Chaos she would not eliminate. Laura, welcome to the podcast. And I wanted to actually start with where you are and uh, basically take us back a little bit to when you started, how you got started into tackling this topic of chaos, tackling this topic of productivity, and how to help other people really just create massive wins through big, and simple, yet really meaningful ways, including organization. How did that all start, Laura? How I um, got into this business is my, my background, my education is in management information systems. Uh, that's my degree, computer science. And after I graduated from college, I worked a little over a decade in the IT industry 
And primarily what I was responsible for as project manager was looking for ways that we could take manual processes and turn them into um, computerized systems. And so in, in a nutshell, I was always looking at how how employees could be more efficient and um, get more information at their fingertips quicker. And so in, in 2000, I, I left that world and decided to start Eliminate Chaos. And, um, and, and I started out actually not really in what I would call the productivity space, I, I actually wanted to get away from computers, if you can believe that or not. I, I needed, I, I needed a break, and and I thought, well, you know, I've always been super organized, as was shown in in the work that I did um, in the, in the IT world, and so I decided that I was going to go into people's homes and home offices, and I was going to organize them. And what I was initially really drawn to was the home offices, because guess what? It's it's all about information and data, right? And and I was, it, it was so interesting to me, the, the person that at that time, and now this is 20 years ago when I started that, how people didn't know how to do certain things in their office with technology. And so they thought that they had hired me to come and organize the stuff in their office or organize their paper files, and then they'd find me crawling around under their computer desk, cooking up their uh, BlackBerry or their Palm Pilot <laughs> way back then, um, because I would say, I would, I would find in their office closet, you know, what, what, what is this? And I was like, well, it's, it's a Palm Pilot. And I was like, why is it in here? And I said, we need, we need to get this set up. And they're like, I don't know how to do that. And so I said, well, today's your lucky day. We're going we're gonna to make this happen. And they're like, oh, my gosh, how do you know how to do this? But I knew how to do a lot of these things from my, my background. And so I really quickly learned that there are so many people that are working from home that don't have that kind of, of knowledge or systems. And so I started to focus more of my time in that area, how I could help people, not just who worked at home, but who also just had a home office? How could they be more productive um, just with their time in general and, and work, um, you know, just work more productively overall? I love it. This is actually something that I think a lot of people are becoming more passionate about, particularly now as a lot of people are starting to be working from home more, right? Yeah. And they are starting to realize how important it is, their, how important their physical environment is, right? And their surrounding and how things are organized and how things are laid out. So I love that you are just showing up to serve and showing up to really be impactful to people's lives in ways that they couldn't even imagine in the beginning, right? So mm -hmm. speaking about people working from home more and more nowadays, like what are some top, I guess, tips as far as organizational, um, organizational systems, productivity uh, systems that you commonly see, uh, problems that you commonly see in, in most people's uh, lives and organization uh, systems that perhaps you can then share as far as solving some of those, um, I guess, flaws in those organization systems? Yeah. Well, 
first and foremost, I think what it's what's really important to kind of think about is when you're talking about working in an organized environment or being productive, it's not just about saying, well, you know, I need to get my office organized. That that doesn't mean anything to me really, right? Like we need to understand and you need to understand whoever's listening is there's really four areas of an office or your workspace that needs attention. So the first area might be the paper that you're dealing with. That might be one system. You might have a second system that is like all the stuff in your office. So that might be anything but the paper. Then we've got all of the different technology, computer systems, that that area. The fourth area that we look at is just how is the office set up? the furniture and and all of those things um, that are going to support you to be able to work uh, in an organized fashion and be as productive as possible. So you can, you really have to break it down to start with, you know, what, which one of those four areas are we going to focus on? And I think what people tend to do is they get really overwhelmed, not realizing that, First, we have to break it apart, and then we have to decide which area we can focus on first. And ultimately, what that really, really leads to is better time management, right? Because we all choose how we want to, you know, use our time. We're all, you know, managers of our, of our own time. So that's really where I would, I would start with this process. I love it. So I love that you have basically allocations of the workspace. And I think right now, and I don't know if this is a function of that kind of open floor plan that is very, very popular in the past several years, but it seems like because of that open floor plan and because a lot of the devices that we work with are so mobile, right? You can carry it everywhere. It almost becomes, um, I think, though counter, counterintuitive is still necessary to basically have an intentional um, area, right, for specific tasks, and which is what you've laid out here. So I'm kind of curious to hear, as far as people who you work with, your clients, and once they kind of implement some of these changes, what are some life changes that maybe they've shared with you as far as, oh my goodness, Laura, this is absolutely amazing, you know, I was able to do X, like, can you share some of those, uh, I guess, um, uh, benefits that, that you've been able to, to experience with some people that you work with, Laura? Yeah, so I have a great example of a client that I worked with a number of years ago, um, who actually just very recently attended um, a webinar that I did and shared with everyone, like, how... I was able to help her go from an office full of paper to being able to work on a laptop. And so let me tell you a little bit about that process. When I had first met with my client, uh, she was working in a a closed office environment. Uh, She had a a good size office. She was, you know, a, a higher up manager And she had been in this office for a number of years. So obviously she had accumulated 
you know, some things, but she had a lot of paperwork and a lot of files to go through, things like that, folders for all her, her reports. And their office space was moving and she was going to be going into more of a, of an open concept, like you just referred to. And she, she said, you know, I, I'm getting a quarter of my space and I will have one drawer for my files. And I I don't know what I'm going to do with all of this information. So one of the, the very early things that we talked about was going from um, paper organization and having things in, in files that we can touch to putting that content into digital notebooks And so a lot of times people will think of Evernote um, as a digital notebook. Microsoft OneNote is um, the product that I work with and do a lot of um, consulting on. And so, you know, at first she was a little reluctant because she said, you know, Laura, I am not the kind of person that can just take a laptop and go sit down at a meeting and put the lid up and sit there and take notes, right? Like I want to have this face-to-face conversation, but I will tell you that over time it got so easy for her to take the notes because that just sort of became the way of having meetings. You might have a pad of paper that you take to a meeting with your notes on it, but what happens if you lose it or what happens if you dump the coffee all over it, right? If you put your notes into a notebook like this, they're always backed up. You will always have access to them. You never have to worry about losing them. I love that. So I, and I love actually the, the transition that you had described in that it actually was a journey for them to almost create this whole new system and to have her work, you know, basically revolve around this new system. And I think I think people get overwhelmed by that learning curve and they think that the difficulty adjusting will, will be forever when in fact, right. not so much. It'll be like whatever, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, maybe longer for some people, maybe shorter, right? But the fact that it's a temporary transition and it would absolutely, once you're when there's once there's light at the end of the tunnel, it'll be so much better. And to your point, what you have, we were describing is basically once people uh, create systems that runs for them, it's almost like having their own virtual assistant that kind of runs things in the background, keep things in the background for them, and you can just pull it up very conveniently. And it's almost like having a calendar that just does the work for you, or Notepad, or OneNote, or whatever that does all of that kind of um, tedious work for you. Amazing! I love this. Okay, so um, I actually was wondering, uh, before you kind of hop onto the interview, um, I was wondering why is it that people, I think as far as organization is concerned and wanting to eliminate chaos, right, which is your theme, I think when people are trying to get to a point where they are organized, they have all of these systems in place, it seems like they would create certain things and they would um, stick to it for like a couple of months or whatever, but they would keep falling off the wagon, right? So they're productive for a little bit and then life gets in the way and then they go back to the chaos. So can you describe a little bit maybe what's going on there and how to prevent that from happening? Yeah, I mean, I think that that happens so often um, to my clients. In fact, just before I 
got on this call with you, I was talking to someone else about how she had recently made a list of all of the technology that they were using in their business. And she was seeing that uh, there's definitely some, some overlap. And I said, well, making a list is a great place to start because, and we were talking about OneNote as well. And I said to her, you know, here's the thing. In, in that space, you've got Evernote, you've got Google Keep, you've got Microsoft OneNote. That's the digital notebook space, right? But then you have your task management programs and your file sharing programs. And, you know, you have all this different technology that does different things, right? But there's so many options out there that are available to people. And this is where I think people get hung up. It's like the shiny object syndrome, right? So suddenly there's a new technology available and everyone's talking about it. And you think, I've got to jump on the bandwagon and I need to try this out for myself. And what happens is, is likely you already have a tool that you've been using to track this information for you or to serve a specific purpose. But what may have happened is that you never got that tool set up or all that data into it. So let's just take like a task management or a project management system as an example. If you hop from one system to the next, the likelihood of you ever getting all of the data that you need to into that one system is very unlikely. And so what happens is, is people start to feel very discouraged because they think that um, the system isn't working. Well, it's not that the system isn't working. It's that you probably didn't get it set up. You probably didn't get all of your information into it that you needed. It's probably not organized in a way that's easy for you to kind of break larger projects down into smaller tasks. And you didn't spend about a month maybe... Uh, using the system so it became a habit before you jumped on to the next one. And I love actually your the fact that you're highlighting how most systems are not, not only are they not created equal, it's very unlikely that you'll have an all-in-one, right? Yes. And I think that's true not just for systems, productivity organization. It's probably true in many areas of life as well. You can't really expect, right, uh, you know, certain, I guess, certain rooms. You were just talking about rooms. Certain rooms to, to perform as all of your rooms in the house, right? And I think maybe that's a good analogy in that, okay, you have to kind of A, understand that basically you do need multiple systems and you probably need a trial period, a few months time of testing what works for you and kind of give yourself maybe a deadline. I don't know if that's something that you, you'd recommend and just be like, okay, by month three, I will kind of commit to, okay, these three systems and this this is how I'm going to try it for the next year or two or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. And then... And then I just kind of putting in the work to, to use it, right, is kind of right. what you're recommending. Amazing. All right. So 
what are some mistakes that that you see some people make when they're trying to be more, more productive? We've already talked about systems. We've already talked about, uh, you know, kind of understanding that there needs to be multiple uh, systems, right? Allocating your workspace in four different areas, all that. So are there any other mistakes that people are doing when they're trying to kind of eliminate that chaos in their life? Yeah, well, I think, um, I think everyone and myself included (laughs) from time to time, we have, um, we bite off more than we can chew, right? We, we put more on our to-do list or whatever you like to call it. I I actually don't call it a to-do list. Um, then, then we can get done reasonably in a given day. Um, I call mine an action list because those are things that I put on my list every day that I want to um, focus on. Uh, one of the challenges I see uh, with people with like a to-do list or a task management list, project management, is that they're not reviewing it on a regular basis. So, I mean, there should be a continual review to see what are my projects that I'm working on? What, what is the next step that I'm going to take to keep that project moving forward? And so what I like to do is kind of have a, a hybrid approach. So I'm, I like systems and technology to track all that information. I also use a pad of paper on my desk every day. And I would highly recommend this for people that kind of struggle with, um, like like focus time every day on what they're doing. It's sort of draw, like divide the piece of paper in half. And on the one side, you can write down, and I recommend that you do it the night before, the three things, the three top things that you need to do the next day to keep those projects moving forward. Then on the other side of the paper, you write down all the smaller little tasks, the little tiny things that sometimes we think of like it's more busy work than keeping a project moving forward. And so if we just focus, first of all, when you're the most, um, when your brain, like what part of the day, think about what part of the day brain, what part of the day does your brain work the best? For me, it's in the morning. For someone else, it might be in the afternoon. That's the focus time that you should spend keeping those projects moving forward and then trying to tackle the other things, um, you know, that maybe take a little bit less of the time, different points of the day. It's also a place for you to have where you can like write down things that come up or write down, um, you know, if you need to call someone back, like what was just sent to you in a voicemail so that you've got that. I, I see that happen a lot of times where people make the mistake of just biting off more than they can chew. So using a small piece of paper, it could be a sticky note. It could really be anything because this isn't where your master to-do list is going to live, but a lot of people kind of get into trouble there. So that would be one, one idea that I would have. Amazing. So I actually love that your, I love the point that you were making about having to review the list and the systems that you have placed. I think a lot of the mistakes that you touched upon is for that, that a lot of people are doing is basically they tend to assume that the system has to work a hundred percent, 24 seven, year in and year out, right? Month in and month out. When in fact, as you kind of morph, improve in your business and your work life, whatever that is, 
things change, right? Needs change, your life changes. And so your systems have to adapt with it. And that review aspect is, I think, something that not a lot of people are understanding. I think a lot of people are just saying, okay, do this, 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 this. But then it's almost like you need to kind of upgrade, right? Everyone upgrades their iPhone every once every whatever, two, three years or something, and uh, or maybe even less. And it's kind of that same philosophy of upgrading your systems um, right. and taking a look, a good hard look at those systems. Amazing. And so as far as people who are listening, who have businesses or starting out maybe with an entrepreneurship journey that they are wanting to create, I think a lot of people are at that intersection right now, right? And maybe thinking of starting something new. Um, what are some, some of your techniques that maybe you can share with them as far as keeping them in track so that they can you know, hit their goals so that they can uh, absolutely make sure that everything they have around them will serve them uh, in, in a way that will get them to that goal? Yeah, well, one of the most important um, things that I think anybody can do for their business is to have um, carved out time at least once a year where they spend time on you know, their strategic planning for the year. And, you know, this is an opportunity for people to, um, you know, plan budgets, uh, to look at their marketing for the year, look at what, what things they want to accomplish for their business. And sometimes what you're not going to do for business. Ever since I started my company, I I would go away on a, on a retreat every year. And I literally, I leave town to do this. And I kind of, here, here's the thing. If I back up to the early days of my business and I was just going away on vacation with my girlfriends who were also business owners and we'd lay around at the pool and we talk about the goals that we want to accomplish in our business for the year. So I just started making a list and I kept it in an Excel spreadsheet. And what was fascinating to me was after I had written that down, I would go back the next year and I couldn't believe how much I'd actually accomplished. And then another year went by and I heard someone give a talk about how when you actually write something down, if you don't go back and look at it all the time, you it's already started to be ingrained in your in your brain that these are the things that you're going you're going to work towards. So I think just starting by writing writing it down, like what do you want to accomplish? What are your goals? And and so as the years progressed and business went on, I started taking deliberate. Um, these were no more vacations. These were actual strategic retreat like retreats that we would go on for the business anywhere from three to five days where I would sit with other members of our team and we would focus on what we're going to accomplish for the next year but before we ever even went away on this retreat we would have an agenda we would we would gather the data that we needed out of our you know our QuickBooks system um, we would make, you know, notes, a new section in our, believe it or not, one note, again, our notebook. So we have record of everything that we, we talk about. And then 
we review what's already in Asana, which is what we use for a project management system. We would review the things that we had gotten done, things that we didn't have time for. Was this still a priority? Are we going to push it out? Are we going to push out the due dates? You know, what is going to be our focus for the next year? And so anyone that's thinking about getting started into business, I can't really stress enough, like, how much that helped me over the years. Um, reach my goals, reach financial goals. Um, I mean, I, I think about, I really did a lot of quantifying of the goals saying, you know, I want to this year work with 10 law firms. I literally wrote down 10 law firms I want to get into. And then that was my goal where I went out and then I reached out to those 10 law firms in the Seattle area and I met my goal. I was doing the work with them. It's amazing what happens when you write down and you can articulate um, the goal, but to also have something to measure that goal by as well. Yeah, I absolutely love this. And this has been something that I've felt like enough people have tested and proven to be absolutely correct, because not only writing it really, really kind of ingrained in your mind that you're actually going to do it, but sometimes even just saying it out loud to somebody else or to yourself in a room, right? It really just kind of gives you that reinforcement. Absolutely. So Laura, believe it or not, we are coming to the conclusion of our interview. So if you can please tell the audience where they can find you, what are a couple of things that maybe you're doing next that's coming up that's exciting that they can engage with you about and then we'll wrap up the interview sure so you can find me at our website eliminatechaos.com and I'm on LinkedIn at Laura Leist that's L-E-I-S-T and um, social media platforms under either Laura Leist or Eliminate Chaos you can find us there as far as what's coming up, you know, right now I just did a couple of, of webinars, um, free webinars for people to sit in on. I would suggest that if you want to watch a replay of that, go to our YouTube page. Um, the best way to find out about that information is to sign up for our newsletter and do that on the website. And um, you'll be in the know about any future events that we're, we're having. Amazing, Laura. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Talia. Don't forget to follow and subscribe and join me in supporting you to live a meaningful life that you deserve.